preface of some passages of the life and death of the Right Honourable John, Earl of Rochester. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Some passages of the life and death of the Right Honourable John, Earl of Rochester, who died the 26th of July, 1680 written by his own direction on his deathbed by gilbert burnett d d the celebrating the praises of the dead is an argument so worn out by long and frequent use and now become so nauseous by the flattery that usually attends it that it is no wonder if funeral orations or panegyrics are more considered for the elegancy of style and fineness of wit than for the authority they carry with them as to the truth of matters of fact and yet i am not hereby deterred from meddling with this kind of argument nor from handling it with all the plainness i can delivering only what i myself heard and saw without any borrowed ornament i do easily foresee how many will be engaged for the support of their impious maxims and immoral practices to disparage what I am to write. Others will censure it because it comes from one of my profession, too many supposing us to be induced to frame such discourses for carrying on what they are pleased to call our trade. Some will think I dress it up too artificially, and others that I present it too plain and naked. But, being resolved to govern myself by the exact rules of truth, I shall be less concerned in the censures I may fall under. It may seem liable to great exception that I should disclose so many things that were discovered to me, if not under the seal of confession, yet under the confidence of friendship. But this noble lord himself not only released me from all obligation of this kind when I waited on him in his last sickness a few days before he died, but gave it me in charge not to spare him in anything which I thought might be of use to the living, and was not ill-pleased to be laid open as well in the worst as in the best and last part of his life, being so sincere in his repentance that he was not unwilling to take shame to himself by suffering his faults to be exposed for the benefit of others. I write with one great disadvantage that I cannot reach his chief design without mentioning some of his faults, but I have touched them as tenderly as the occasion would bear, and I am sure with much more softness than he desired, or would have consented unto, had I told him how I intended to manage this part. I have related nothing with personal reflections on any others concerned with him, wishing rather that they themselves, reflecting on the sense he had of his former disorders, may be thereby led to forsake their own, than that they should be any ways reproached by what I write, and therefore, though he used very few reserves with me as to his course of life, yet since others had a share in most parts of it, I shall relate nothing but what more immediately concerned himself, and shall say no more of his faults than is necessary to illustrate his repentance." the occasion that led me into so particular a knowledge of him was an intimation given me by a gentleman of his acquaintance of his desire to see me this was some time in october sixteen seventy nine when he was slowly recovering out of a great disease he had understood that i often attended on one well known to him 
that died the summer before he was also then entertaining himself in that low state of his health with the first part of the history of the reformation then newly come out with which he seemed not ill-pleased and we had accidentally met in two or three places some time before there were the motives that led him to call for my company after i had waited on him once or twice he grew into that freedom with me as to open to me all his thoughts both of religion and morality and to give me a full view of his past life and seemed not uneasy at my frequent visits so till he went from london which was in the beginning of april i waited on him often as soon as i heard how ill he was and how much he was touched with the sense of his former life i writ to him and received from him an answer that without my knowledge was printed since his death from a copy which one of his servants conveyed to the press in it there is so undeserved a value put on me that it had been very indecent for me to have published it yet that must be attributed to his civility and way of breeding and indeed he was particularly known to so few of the clergy that the good opinion he had of me is to be imputed only to his unacquaintance with others my end of writing is so to discharge the last commands this lord left on me as that it may be effectual to awaken those who run on to all the excesses of riot and that in the midst of those heats which their lusts and passions raise in them they may be a little wrought on by so great an influence of one who had run round the whole circle of luxury and as solomon says of himself whatsoever his eyes desired he kept it not from them and withheld his heart from no joy but when he looked back on all that on which he had wasted his time and strength he esteemed it vanity and vexation of spirit though he had both as much natural wit and as much acquired by learning and both as much improved with thinking and study as perhaps any libertine of the age yet when he reflected on all his former courses even before his mind was illuminated with better thoughts he counted them madness and folly but when the powers of religion came to operate on him then he added a detestation to the contempt he formerly had of them suitable to what became a sincere penitent and expressed himself in so clear and so calm a manner so sensible of his failings towards his maker and his redeemer that as it wrought not a little on those that were about him so i hope the making it public may have a more general influence chiefly on those on whom his former conversation might have had ill effects i have endeavoured to give his character as fully as i could take it for i who saw him only in one light in a sedate and quiet temper when he was under a great decay of strength and loss of spirits cannot give his picture with that life and advantage that others may who knew him when his parts were more bright and lively yet the composure he was then in may perhaps be supposed to balance any abatement of his usual vigour which the declination of his health brought him under i have written this discourse with as much care and have considered it as narrowly as i could i am sure i have said nothing but truth i have done it slowly and often used my second thoughts in it not being so much concerned in the censures might fall on myself as cautions that nothing should pass that might obstruct my only design of writing which is the doing what i can towards the reforming of a loose and lewd age and if such a signal instance concurring with all the evidence that we have for our most holy faith has no effect on those who are running the same course it is much to be feared they are given up to a reprobate sense 
End of preface.